Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, guys? Welcome back to episode two. It's Thomas Shields alongside my co-host, Tyson Apostle. And you're listening to PickleFod. <laughs> and we're here with five-time major champion, Irina Tereshenko. Irina, how are you doing today? Thanks for joining us. Greetings, everybody. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for the invite. Irina, I also want to state that it's currently five times. Correct. Don't put a, don't put a limit on, on her, Thomas. You're really going to just, it's not final. Right, Irina? Correct. Even though I am considered a sort of a veteran, I actually find story. I've been telling people I've been playing pickleball since 2016 until um, this time at the Tournament of Ch- Champions, Jesse Irvin was looking through a tour that had all the champions listed. And she's like, Irina, you won the Tournament of Champions in 2013. So um, that, that was, was before you played pickleball. Exactly. That <laughs> my mind. I'm a veteran, but uh, I will say I have not peaked yet. So, got it, got it. Good, okay. you heard it here first. That's a warning shot to to everyone else out there. Just a fire across the bow, so they know it's coming. Speaking of when you uh, when you started playing pickleball, we actually want to start off this pod and just say, all right, who is Irina Tereshenko? Can you give us like your backstory? as in-depth or as abbreviated as you'd like, and then just talk a little bit about how you got into pickleball. The accent is a little bit, is it Alabama that I'm hearing um, in there? It's a lot Lubbock, Texas. Okay. <laughs> I'm a Red Raider. Cool. Um, yeah, I went to school at Texas Tech University and, uh, you know, love saying y'all and uh, just hanging out uh-huh. at a football game. So, but uh, I'm from Moscow, Russia, and uh, I played tennis, had a great time. And uh, when I was growing up playing tennis, we played a lot of fun games. One of them is called Butts Up or Mini Tennis. And uh, you just use the service boxes on the tennis court, and you usually hit the ball soft, and you create your own rules, kind of like freestyle. And uh, pickleball is actually like playing Butts Up for money for me. So... I'm actually exactly where I need to be in my professional development. That's all I ever wanted to do anyway is play mini tennis. It was actually like a badge of honor. We would go to international tournaments, uh, Orange Bowl, for example, in Miami, like World Junior Championships. And the level of how cool you were amongst your peers is how many international people you can get into a mini tennis game. So um, I think I'm just kind of reliving that experience in my professional career. Very happy. So are you saying that Russia invented pickleball? I mean, I think it was an international invention. The way to think about pickleball as mini tennis, that could be a Russian. Okay. I like it. That's quite the claim. Yeah. uh, Credit where credit's due, I guess, right? (laughs) Right. Wait, wait. So... Am I understanding correctly that you won the tournament of champions, pickleball tournament of champions in 2013, and you hadn't really like stepped into pickleball at that point? Yes. uh, That brings us to the second point that basically I turned professional the second I touched the paddle, you know, it was instant. Uh, My duper rating was uh, (laughs) immediately. Nice, nice plug. And um, yeah, my good buddy, Chris Miller, uh, future hall of famer, he'll probably Mm -hmm into both Hall of Fames. Uh, he um, was my the first player I played against, uh, and Billy Jacobson, another GOAT from uh, PNW, their original core players. And uh, yeah, they got me into pickleball. I played one time, and Chris Miller uh, said that he bought me flights and got housing for my friend and I to go play the Tournament of Champions. And he thinks 100% we're going to win it, and if we win it, we can pay him back. So I look at my friend and I'm like, who is this guy? Can we trust him? You know, are we going to get murdered? <laughs> uh, 
And she's like, yeah, let's just give it a try. You know, how bad could it be? And yeah, uh, worst case scenario, you get murdered. Right. <laughs> we were willing to take that chance. Yeah. Well, you got to take a risk, you know? Yeah. Well, we know Utah is a great state. Chances of that happening were very, very low. It was actually a calculated move. We're just trying to hit up Chris Miller from, you know. I'm from Utah. I'm from Utah originally. And you know, Ted Bundy made some stops in Utah. Mm. Well, you know. That was a long time ago. It's not always black and white, you know. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But he's not from Utah. So as long as you just made sure everybody was from Utah first, then you'd probably be okay. Yeah, exactly. So. Well, it sounds like it worked out, right? And you got to pay him back. Did he get uh, any like interest on top of that or any splits other than, or was it just like, here's your money back. Thanks for the everything. That, that's what I tried to do. I tried. <laughs> You're a businesswoman. I like right? it. I try to break it up with Chris Miller right there and then, and uh, never see him again. But uh-huh. He kept calling me and signing me up for pickleball tournaments. And I changed your number. I know. I just kept kept saying, Chris, leave me alone until he convinced me to play at the TOC the next year and the next year. And then he convinced me to play the first US Open. And he convinced me to play uh, nationals. And meanwhile, he got me um, a paddle tech sponsorship. So technically, he's my hero, but hmm. I did play mixed doubles with him for probably about four years. That's quite an experience. So I think Tyson, you kind of knew Thomas, you guys kind of knew that's something you you should experience personally is uh, play mixed, uh, play doubles with Chris Miller, whether it's, uh, yeah, at a tournament or just at a game. It's uh, priceless. It's one of those unique experiences out there in Pickleball that you just, it's like Universal Studio. <laughs> I've met Chris one time. He's, uh, he's a very passionate individual. So I can see how he's fun to fun to play with on the on the pickleball court for sure. Um, when did the sick tricks tagline come along? And I'm referring to if we're looking at your uh, your little name tag there, the sick TRX. Can you give us a backstory on that? It's also in your Instagram handle, right? Yes. Well, uh, sick tricks is uh, basically a group effort. It started just like pickleball in the Pacific Northwest. It was the summer of 1969 and Kyle Yates. <laughs> 69 when Kyle Yates was on top of the sport. Is that a shot at Kyle Yates? Man, Irina bringing well, the fire. Uh, actually, I was just saying it was a while ago, but you, you took it to another level. No, you were alluding to that, and I knew you weren't going to finish it unless I got in there real quick and put the stamp on it. I mean, I'm sure once Kylie's a guest on the podcast, you guys can sort it out and really <laughs> time whether or not he peaked already or not and when exactly. He never said he'd already peaked. I think his peak is still yet to come, much like you, Irina. I think. I agree. Yeah. Okay, I then totally we're all in agree. agreement. Yes. Uh, but yeah, we're all hanging out in Pacific Northwest. I lived in Seattle at the time, and Ben Johns and Kyle Yates were there, and they're hanging out with Chris Miller and brian ashworth and you know what boys do they play pickleball they watch classic boys they um play video games so they're watching the impractical jokers and there's an episode i don't know if you guys familiar with that show but Mm -hmm. one of the guys is at the park and he has a car with a remote control and his buddies are in the back with the remote control that actually works and they keep driving the remote control car into people's feet and the trick is that the guy who's out in the public, he cannot say sorry to the people. So as soon as people like avoiding this car, they give him a dirty look. And this guy looks at them. He can't say sorry. So he started saying sick tricks. He just like drive the car. They look at him like sick tricks. So the boys started repeating it. And first they were kind of doing it. Ironically, we would play red games and somebody whiffs an overhead and they would say sick tricks. And then it kind of gradually evolved into people actually doing awesome trick shots. And then we were saying sick tricks for that. And I just started repeating it, you know, because I thought those guys were cool and I wanted to be cool. So yeah, I mean, peer pressure, peer pressure gets you sometimes, you know, you're trying to impress the cool crowd. Yeah. It's a, it's a real deal. And then, um, yeah. 
And then, you know, at that time, um, there were a few players kind of the, the pioneers of trick shots uh, in pickleball. I think Yoda um, and uh, the Puppet Master. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the, with those characters. Also, PNW Legends. And they were doing trick shots, but they just didn't have a catchy name for it. So we jumped right there. We took their trick shots and we took them to another level. And then we just started saying sick tricks. So it actually evolved into a way of life, you know, philosophy that it's not all about like winning and dominating your opponent. It's about being creative. Looking cool. Yeah, looking cool. So hold on, wait, wait. On and off the court. Pickleball trick shots or was it just like trick shots? in life i know it got to that point right but what did it start with well it start it started with pickleball for us okay got it i think now you know and i think now it's it's everywhere it's Mm -hmm. uh, you know i make i make a good cup of espresso at home and i just sick tricks (laughs) and i just have regular espresso that I like that. Wait, so have you guys done any uh, any merch? Could we do like a uh, a pickle pod, sick tricks, like t shirt collab? Collab? You, you think there should be a collab? That? I think uh, yeah, we can have our people contact your people and. Oh, that's gonna take forever. It's gonna take forever. Yeah. Really, our people work really fast. <laughs> we uh, we're not good at hiring. <laughs> we don't vet our people properly. <laughs> um. How come there, and maybe I just am too new to the sport, how come there aren't more trick shot competitions like built into some of these tournaments? That would be fun for the fans, don't you think? Mm. Well, I think it's uh, that area is wide open, and I absolutely agree. Um, it's not wide open. I already uh, trademarked it and everything, so anybody who wants to use it has to now go through me. They All your people just did that right on All the spot my people there. just did that on the spot. Yeah. That's how fast my people fast. are. Yeah. So, and, yeah, uh, go on. Yeah. We should we should definitely do that. And I also know. Do you guys know the slick tricks? Slick tricks. Do we want to know that? Is it an oh, yeah. fans thing? Yeah, that's actually Eddie and Webby. Uh, oh yeah, were, we know it. You were on their podcast. They're actually big fans of both of you guys, and yeah. they do slick tricks. It's um, you know their version of sick tricks. So I would be curious for you guys first of all if you know any tricks, and then if you. Yeah. Into slick tricks or sick tricks categories. I don't know any tricks. Everything I do is accidental. Mm-hmm. But uh, how about things. you? Yeah. Um, no, I I write a newsletter. Is that a trick? It's a song. Um, no, that's pretty. pretty oh, cool. never mind. So the no. So the the answer would be no. Irina. What about how, on the pickleball court? Um. Well, I just started doing a backhand where my dominant hand is actually above my offhand. It's a little very reverse cool. grip. You get a lot more snap in that. Doesn't, it's not very accurate, but surprising people. I'll tell so. you what I like to do, sick tricks, Irina, is uh, if the other team is on a roll, they've scored like three or four points in a row, uh, as I pick the ball back up to return back to the service, I hit it as hard I, as I can into their chest to throw them off. I think that's a hindrance. Nelson. There we go. Yeah, it's not a Nelson because I does it still count as a Nelson, even though it's not it during game play. It's me just returning the ball back to the service. I pick it up. I'm like, oh, here's your ball. Good point. And then they think I'm just going to like toss it to them and I smack it as hard as I can and they fumble for it, throws them off their next serve. <laughs> okay, we should name it whatever you want. And then, oh, because it's my move, right? Exactly. Uh, I only do it to people I know, but even people I know. Sometimes give me a dirty like, like, what was that? I was like, nothing. It was just mishit. So, yeah, it's a good move, though. You should try it, uh, Irina. I dare you to try it in a tournament. Um, Live live TV on Fox. Yes. Okay, I'm in. Uh, Yeah, so that's about the only trick because I'm not accurate enough uh, otherwise with my paddle. So I could try and probably just like film for five hours and get something and be like, this is my first try. Uh, but it's going to take me a while. So has there never been a trick shot competition or has there been? Um, unofficial, you know, people are always welcome and they do that quite a bit to send us uh, different videos of sick tricks, but we have not had an official competition. Yeah. That should just be baked into some tournaments. I agree. So, okay. Well, uh, us three, I think we're uh, one third partners on that idea. 
So any tournaments that want some sick tricks stuff going on, uh, contact Irina. She'll do all the work for you, and then we'll split all the cash three ways. Speaking yeah. of tournaments, my segues are getting way better, by the I way. I love that, dude. Yeah. I love that. It's an art. It's an art. Um, I watched a couple of YouTube videos on it. Mm -hmm. Speaking of tournaments, you were yes. in Orlando, weren't you, Irina? Yes, I was. Okay. What'd you think? What'd you think about the fact that it was on Tennis Channel, the USTA National Campus? Give us, uh, give us your thoughts. Um, well, I think, I don't know. Have you guys been to that facility, to the USTA National Campus? I, I never have. I never have either. Is it somewhere awesome. we should go before we die? Yes. Yes. Anywhere in Florida is pretty much one of those destinations. But when you are to the CA National Campus, um, yeah, it's a premier venue. Um, it was uh, super cool to kind of be a part of it. Um, from Tennis Channel did an outstanding job with the production. They had the equipment. They had slightly different angles um, on the camera yeah. from seen before. So that was kind of very interesting to watch. And just like as true professionals, their whole operation was completely seamless. Was that, was that crane camera that would like move during points? Is that distracting at all? Uh, no, not at all. It was pretty cool. I mean, that just gave a, a different look at, at points that uh, you typically don't get as a spectator. So that was pretty cool to see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we got quite a good crowd, especially for the women's singles match. Um, that was uh, that was kind of awesome, and I don't know because it was more of a tennis community. They kind of put a, more of an interest towards singles, which is common for for tennis people um, versus pickleball. I think right. maybe gender doubles is arguably the uh, most favorite event, but it might change. Um, so from that perspective, it was amazing. I think uh, PPA has definitely earned a badge and a reputation for running a great tournament when it rains. Uh, yeah. When I looked at the forecast one week before, it was thunderstorms every day, like 60, 80%. And yeah, the forecast was accurate. It was raining all the time. And the guys, um, you know, the tournament and Melissa McCurley, all the referees, all the event staff, they um, right. handled it masterfully. Uh, I did saw a pretty new, a pretty cool invention. Uh, this thing that dries the cord, it's a machine. It looks like a ball machine, but it rolls around, dries the cord. Uh, material is made out of fabric versus foam. It's called the... Tyson, your eyes just lit up. I thought it, it was, was the so Zamboni cool. thing that I'd seen a Zamboni similar machine on courts that it dries Court? it immediately. Yeah. It's like, it's like a Zamboni, but instead of like freezing water into ice on an ice rink, it like was evaporates it, it? immediately drying it. Got right. it. The yes, I was impressed. Yeah, technology. So that's headline. Man. That's the true headline story here. Is this is this Zamboni like device? The after, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but it's, um, yeah, you heard it here so first, folks. The the second story, though, I think is, uh, and it's it's been a story for a little bit now. But Annalie Waters is doing something that's uh, I would just call ridiculous at fourteen years old. She seems untouchable right now. I know you've played her a few times. Like, what's different about her, and what do you see for her um, in in the future in in pickleball? And then let's all go around and say what we were doing at fourteen. Yeah, I like I like that idea. Uh, no, Anna Lee. Yeah, um, I think one of my favorite uh, characteristics about her is when she plays pickleball, and you kind of look at her eyes and look at her demeanor on the court. Like she's super into it. She's excited. She likes to play kind of creative experiment and go for it on the big shots. You look at like the faces of some other people, some other professionals like playing on the court and they're miserable, you know, it's like a war or life and death kind of battle for him while Annalise just like flying around, you know, bring me, bring me the challenge. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't say she's maybe untouchable, but I think she's pushing other players, myself included, to be better. And I think maybe the days, and that's kind of, you know, a testament to the growth of pickleball and kind of professionalization of the sport that people start starting to invest more time in their preparation, their recovery, their off-court training. So um, I think that's something that's uh, going to continue to expand among the pro players because now we have to keep up with a 14-year-old. But um, 
you know, I enjoy uh, playing against her. So um, definitely don't uh, lose to the youngsters. And uh, I feel challenged. So so is other people. And, you know, challenge challenge accepted. And we're all going to have a good time. I do like how bringing up Kyle again, I do like how she stacks him on the right side. So that's one of the reverse uh, mixed doubles teams that we have. So what do you guys think? If she played with Ben Johns, would she put him on the right? I think she would do the opposite of whatever you're saying. Um, uh-huh. I don't know enough about stacking and strategy to know the the significance of I that. I do. So she's stacking to the right, which means she's putting her backhand in the center rather than, is that what she's doing? Um, Annalie, when she played with Kyle, she was actually playing on the left side. So and she's she, right-handed. Right. Yeah. So she was playing the side. She was basically Ben Johnson, everything. Yeah. So she, and she, uh, yeah, that's, and she was putting her weaker side in the center, knowing that it was, or because it was stronger than Kyle's weak side, essentially. Right. Well, she just was going to try to dictate more from the yeah. left side with I her like game. And, yeah. So that's what Ben kind of does, right? If you watch him play. So to, so together. So if think, they play together, what would they do? They'd know? probably clunk heads like coconuts in the center of the court as they both <laughs> tried to cover each other. Uh, I doubt it. I doubt it. <laughs> they're professional champions. No I know they are. They're going to collide. I would like to, I think that we should see that, but I think that the first time they do it has to be in tournament play so everyone can witness the transition of them learning to play together absolutely because that would be interesting to watch right yes absolutely and uh yeah that's that's interesting though i did not know that she was stacking kyle like that but uh i like it take charge if she's got the confidence and the talent to lead then lead um actually I was a, a big fan of a mixed doubles event overall in Orlando. I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch it, but mm-hmm. obviously uh, Deco Barr and Vivian David, they yeah. had a big upset against Ben and Simone, and Deco was just going on Ernie Rampage, yeah. um, kind of dictating play. And um, a few other matches that they played following that, they had a great battle with Jesse Urban and uh, Jay. Uh, delivers, you know, that's how we call them. You say Jay delivers. Ooh, I like that. You're from yeah. Russia. You should be able to get that French name, right? De Villiers. No, but it's like a thing. He like, he delivers the victory. No, I like it. Yeah. He's like the mailman. He's like the mailman of the pizza delivery guy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Jesse who clinched the last three points of that match. But, uh, but yeah, uh, Jay, Jay can deliver. He can deliver a lot of things. Joy, victory, also a bunch of Ernie's. Um, yeah. We kind of had tall guys um, making an impact, I felt. Like AJ Kohler was another guy who mm-hmm. did really and JW well. had a really good run in uh, in men's dubs. That was cool yeah. to see. Yeah, a couple I mean, upsets. They upset Riley, Riley and Tyson. Yeah, Not this Tyson. Mm-hmm. I never get upset. I've seen you mad a couple times. If <laughs> Right. <laughs> Speaking of Ernie's, by the way, that is like you strictly look for that when you play Tyson. That's what I, I do, but now game. everybody like, avoids me. I yeah, the right. first time I met Thomas, I Ernie'd him so good and he was filled with shame. And yeah, so there's a video perfectly. where I was like, that was just that was just rude. Yeah. Like I'm here as your guest and I'm six three and I can still jump a little bit. Sick tricks Irina, even though I'm forty two years of age. And uh so uh yeah, I do like to go Ernie hunting. But it doesn't work yeah. against people better than me. Yeah, or that people have played to. with you twice or or more. I still get those people, but if they're like, I'm probably like a four or five ish Irina, and so if I play anybody that's five zero or higher, then once in a while I'll get an Ernie. But most of the time, when I'm hunting for it, they either keep it well away from me or hit me with the ball. <clears throat> I like, yeah, I like those uh, Ernie defense strategies straight yeah. from Facebook. But if I Irina, know what? that they're going to hit me with the ball, I'll put the, I'll jump with my paddle in front of my chest and still kind of hopefully be able to deflect. I don't Smart. Know. I, Smart. Is it though? I don't know. I'm yeah, still young you in this game. You can. Irina, no, what's uh, what's the next one for you? Tournament. Um, 
Yeah, next tournament is a PPA in uh, Las Vegas, uh, following PPA in Texas. Are we going to be okay. able to gamble on that now at the sports books in Vegas or not yet? Um, I don't think yet. I think it's kind of still still in the works, right? Yeah, it's still still in the works. Yeah, there's a, okay. there's still a little ways to go. I would see that rolling out in like 2022. Based, are on they just like watching all the players and calculating all the numbers and doing all that stuff? That yeah, that and like the platform that Genius has is optimized for tennis, and they sort of initially thought that they could just easily transition that same Plug tech. And play into pickleball and yeah. it's, it's not, not the case. So they're starting from the ground up and they've, they've pushed the date back quite a okay. bit. So very, well, know- very interesting. Yeah. But that could be a good way to grow the sport. I think with some TV opportunities and also well, for sure. Building, yeah. Building more courts. Uh, that's, that's also going to be super helpful and mm-hmm. to the Olympics. So let's go. Yeah. Irina, yeah. I want to prepare you for the gambling stuff a little bit. I was a pro cyclist in Europe for a long time. I don't know if you knew that background of me. Yes, but I did. There's odds posted at like the start of all the races. So you get to see your odds and how mm. either good or bad the books think you are, which can be a motivating factor as well. But like in the amateur races, I was always like one of the favorites. So I was always like, yeah, great odds. And <laughs> then like old Belgian men with cigars and. Mm-hmm french fries with mayonnaise on them would come over and like pinch my legs and be like how are you feeling today and i'd be like uh i was good uh and yeah so that's what you got to look forward to i don't know if the belgians the belgians with their cigars and uh mayonnaise french fries are going to be over here like uh looking at everybody's health before the match but it's definitely there is going to be some of that i think i'm gonna clip that i'm gonna clip that without any context and just post uh-huh. that on social, you talking about old Belgian men with cigars and mayonnaise, French fries. Yeah. And we're just sure. confuse people. Irina gets promo. it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think anybody who's into, into cycling, they either going to think get yeah, tour de France or yeah, pretty much it's a, it's a giveaway. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but like the, uh, but that's, I mean, those are some of the things that are going to happen with gambling is that, uh, is there's an extra layer of ego there probably as the odds come out and you get to see your lines and everybody gets to see their lines and you're feeling like maybe your odds should be, you know, greater than they are or whatever. And it's, uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's that extra little layer that just adds to the sport. It just becomes more yeah. professional. Yeah. We have that a little bit already. I think Duper posts, um, kind of right. The yes. First- the ratings. What um what are the chances of like throwing a race in uh, cycling and what do you think with gambling or the chances yeah. of doing that in uh, in pickleball obviously in tennis like uh, even after this Wimbledon there were at least seven or eight matches that are being investigated. It uh, happens. Cycling happens yeah. too. They've caught people selling races in bike racing. Obviously, with two hundred guys taking the start, you do have to. There's it's it's kind of more on the fly. Like you can't decide before a match, like, am I going to throw this or not? But like, there has been instances where two or three guys find themselves up the road together and a deal is worked out between the three of them, uh, money wise and with whatever gambling and stuff like that is going on. And so, uh, I think you have to be able to put your, it was cycling. You have to be able to put yourself in that position to even negotiate. Whereas, with something like tennis and pickleball because the matches are already preset on that day or whatever you, there's more to uh, the players would have potentially more control. Also uh, there was a, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of the podcast Freakonomics, but they mm-hmm. would crunch numbers sometimes. And they were talking about sumo wrestling in Japan where you had to be a certain ranking to stay in the upper echelon of the sumo league, which paid the most money. So what the guys in the upper echelon did was they would throw matches so they could keep each other at the top. So they had like this little fraternity of like 10 or 15 guys that were all getting paid a bunch and they were all throwing just enough matches to keep everyone in there. And uh, so, I mean, with the gambling lines and stuff, there's just going to be stricter regulation. There's going to be more eyes watching all the play making sure everything is by the book, making sure you end it's, it's, you know, that's sport though. That's how there's, everybody's looking for an advantage everywhere and everybody's looking for the, you know, the biggest return. 
and some people are willing to take those risks. Cycling, there's so many performance enhancing drug cases and instances. And like, uh, that's, I mean, that's humans competitive nature, right? Absolutely. So, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see, but I, I think there's a lot. I don't know that the whole sport is prepared for that, but I hope that at least the pros are ready for for that because I think there will be some changes that are maybe unforeseen to most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll probably take care of uh, at least random withdrawals from from back draw, main draw, and that kind of stuff. I think at the at the pro level has been happening for years and um, probably issues for for the gambling, but also uh, from the player perspective, having a medical personnel on site that can actually assess you medically and give you, um, you know, a certification that you in fact injured, there are no questions raised that submitted through the official channels. I think all, all those good things happening, that would be, that would be to kind of tighten up some right. horsemanship um, situation. Right. Yeah. I didn't even and, think about that. And cycling, we weren't, we were instructed to not comment on our personal health in public. Like we weren't, we were instructed to not like, if we were feeling a little sick, we weren't supposed to like come out mm. and be like, Hey, we're because like all that stuff affects the lines and the easiest way is just to not make any of that stuff public. If you're still going to play, then your line needs to stand. And I mean, that gets tricky too, because uh, I mean, you see it with baseball and stuff. There's the injured list, but there's also like hearsay coming from in the club that so-and-so is not feeling mm-hmm. great right now. And so that's also going to be, uh, something to look at as well. How do you control that? Hmm. Thomas's yeah. mind is blown right now, Irina, but you this, and I, I seasoned mean, veterans right. of life, have already right. thought about all of this. Yeah, well, I've, I've just, I just keep saying that with gambling, there's going to be more money in the sport. So it's a good thing. And I don't care about all these. If it unravels and implodes, then I'll just, it'll Backtrack. be entertaining. Yeah. Okay, yeah. sure. It won't. But there will be a learning curve to it. Yeah, for sure. Well, All right, I don't, and- I, don't, I don't have a good uh, transition for this one. But Irina, I know you you uh, actually reached out after we published the newsletter yesterday in regards to that match where I didn't even know you were there. I didn't know much about it. I really just stumbled onto the video on on YouTube. But it's a video of uh, Gary V, and then tennis greats Andy Roddick and um, Andre Agassi. And then I know there was like a handful of pros and you were all at this really awesome private court overlooking some skyline. I didn't recognize the skyline, um, but you're playing pickleball. It was, I think from like 2018, right? Can you talk to me a little bit about like how that came about? What's the backstory there? Well, it kind of all traces. Uh, so the skyline is Austin, Texas, one of my favorite Got it. cities in the world, big city for cycling as well. Yep. And, uh, you know, the growth of pickleball there probably started in around 2016, 17. And I was fortunate enough to uh, meet some of the core people who started kind of that movement. You know, Steve Kuhn, Bobby Fumi, um, Randy Coleman was there. You know, there are so many, so many people who started playing kind of in Texas and then playing tournaments uh, across the country. So uh, Steve Kuhn, most notably. He's an entrepreneur and um, he has been, maybe still is, on the board of Andy Roddick Foundation. And that's how Andy Roddick got into pickleball. Actually, one year before that event, um, he played with like Scott Moore and Kyle Yates and a few other people as a charity event for his foundation. And then next year, they decided to make it a little bit bigger. the date that we did it was actually around a huge festival in Austin, Texas. It's called South by Southwest. And it's not just mm-hmm. an event. It's also a, different collaborations of form where different um, entrepreneurs showcase kind of their startups, uh, a lot of networking that goes on. And that's how we were able to actually get a ton of super cool people at that event, including yeah, Gary V. Andre Agassi is sort of a mentor to Andy Roddick in terms of uh, charitable, charitable work um, and kind of post-professional tennis tennis career. So to me, uh, being able 
to be part of the event, including uh, along with Ben Johns, Ryan Sherry, Corinne Carr, um, and a few, uh, Marcin Rostetsky, and a few others it was a huge honor because I come from a tennis background. So uh, being on the court with my idols, Andy Roddick and Andre Agassi was, uh, was super cool. I didn't really care for that high-tech business crowd, but now in retrospect, <laughs> I also understand how cool and unique uh, and all the low-key people at that event. It was probably like 100, 150 people at that event. There were actually uh, some cool individuals that are involved um, in business and in sports. And even better, you know, this tradition kind of continues right now because same people are involved in a number of other projects, including Dreamland, including Duper, and including Major League Pickleball. It all kind of started in Austin, Texas. These were planted there. And even though it's kind of a national um, enterprise and the owners of the teams come from everywhere, it's super cool that's Texas. And uh, same people continue to uh, work on their vision and get more people involved. So that's super. Got it. You mentioned Steve Kuhn. So he's he's basically the the brains behind Major League Pickleball, right? Which you're pretty pretty involved with, from what I can tell. I mean, I'm just like everybody else, uh, hoping to get drafted. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Major League Pickleball. They send a huge production crew to Newport to one of the PPA tournaments, and they collected a lot of content, including headshots of different personal stories. And right. I, was, I was trying really hard, you know, in my interviews there to make sure I say something good enough to, to get drafted. From from what I hear, Jesse Irvin, she was also doing some profound work. She made one of the producers cry. I'm like, what did you tell him in the answer to this question? She's like, well, you'll have to find out. But he cried. I'm like, no way. So <laughs> let's keep your eyes out. Okay, so they were like, so they were like spoiler like- alert. Did they he were, cry were because like, his feelings were hurt or did he cry because of her backstory? Or, or I think I guess, because of the, my guess is the emotional connection because yeah. of the story that she told. And of course, you know, like we're going to see some blue steel photos from Tyson McGuffin mm-hmm. and uh, Rob Nunnery, you know, like who is the next male model? Are those the prettiest boys in pickleball, you think? I think, I mean, Jay? That's I was going to say that too. I mean... I mean, uh, you know, that's what everybody thinks. So. List top five, t- top five prettiest boys in pickleball. I like this. You don't really uh, have to, Irina, if you don't want to. I right. mean, usually, you, you know, you play those games every single time, like, right? Top five guys, top five. Yeah. My yeah. answer is always simple. I just say the Dawson family. Mm, solid. I don't even know who the Dawson family is. It's, it's. Explain. Yeah. What? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to do my best. Jennifer Dawson is. Like she's an animal on the senior pro tour okay. as uh, as a women's player, both singles and doubles. Steve Dawson is like an all time pickleball great, okay. and their son Callan Dawson mm-hmm. is a really strong uh, men's pro mm-hmm. who's uh, a fellow. Or he's pro Kennex, right? Correct. Yeah. Also, my uh, partner. Yeah, and uh, they run um, Bobby Riggs Tennis and Paddle Club. In- oh, okay, Got and it. they're all gorgeous. One of the, they're just super fun. California vibes, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, good answer. Uh, way to skirt uh, that in a way that didn't look like you were skirting it. I like that. Cause I would uh-huh. have just been like, I plead the fifth. I will not answer that question. Absolutely not. So uh, yeah, smart. Well, Tom, but so you, but you posted on Instagram the other day, just like a major league pickleball thing. Are you like, do you have a formal relationship with them? I mean, seems like you're kind of backdooring the whole thing. Like you're going to be drafted. You're doing everything you can. Or are you just trying to get their attention and be like, look, I'm on your team. I'm helping you guys promote. You look at me. What's what's the strategy there? What are you well, doing? Well, as, as you guys know, I'm a sponsored duper. There we go. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, and I've known Steve uh, for a really long time. I'm a big fan of Dreamland. And I've uh, gotten to know Brooks um, as well. And I just think uh, I support their vision. I think they're doing great things. Um, I think they're bringing in um, owners from other industries. Um, I'm super excited about Brene Brown being one of the owners. For example, are you guys? Do you guys know who she is? Mm-mm. No, me neither. Well, uh, she's basically she's a she's a researcher in her own words. She's a researcher, a story, and a storyteller. And uh, she has done research in um, behavioral psychology in the areas of vulnerability 
And um, she got famous with her TED talk a few years ago about being vulnerable at work. Um, and it's just re really years into research that goes into it, but she's a great public speaker and she kind of investigates different aspects of human emotion and how it impacts our kind of mental health and our overall well-being and how we go in life. So that's pretty, pretty cool. Huge follower. I mean, I don't know how many people watch. It's probably one of the most watched uh, TikToks ever. TikToks or? Oh, sorry, TikToks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought you said TikTok too. She did. Like, oh, okay. uh, so my question to her would be, what if I don't work? Then where should I be vulnerable? On the court in your relationships. In this <laughs> okay. I feel like I am. I mean, I haven't held back. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, I kind of looked you up a little bit, Tyson. And one of the things I saw, obviously, I, I saw that you were a pro cyclist, uh, yeah. poker player, sure. four-time survivor contestant and winner. And, of course, I came across your addition video for this uh -huh. That was uh, excellent. Now, what's your best moments in the Survivor? And it sounds like you're a very kind of outgoing person. And, sure. you know, does Pickleball, is Pickleball a big enough platform for you to be you? Can you still go out there, play Pickleball, hang out, and kind of do all the uh, random and cool things that you kind of have done in your other lives? Yes. Yes. It's, for me, it's... Uh, so you, so I come from cycling first, uh, before that I was a swimmer in college, but I, I didn't know that part. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, you know, NCAA swimmer, uh, NBA. no sweat scholarship athlete at, uh, uh, top university and, uh, swam distance freestyle there. Then I decided that man, I did not want a career, but that's what college was pushing me to do was get a career. So I was like, this is, I see exactly where this is leading. I got to get out of here as fast as I can. So I moved to Europe with a, a couple bikes and a suitcase full of clothing and started racing over there. But long story short, Irina, pickleball has that, it has the passion from, the people in the community that creates a super strong and welcoming network and cycling is very similar and poker is honestly very similar. And, uh, and so, uh, with cycling, I was tired of riding 30 hours a week and having to sleep 12 hours a day and having to eat only salad and having to be 150 pounds at six, three. And I just was like, I'm, I can't do that anymore. And poker was a good fill for that because it was competitive and strategic like cycling, but I didn't have to do all the physical work. And pickleball is like the mix of the two It's strategic. It's active. It's not 35 hours a week active for me. I'm sure that there's pros that are putting all that time in, but I just get to go out like, you know, six to eight hours a week and have fun. And I think every time I'm on the court, I get to see something cool and something I get excited about. Like if it's just an ATP or a couple Ernie's or my backhand has improved or something, I almost always walk away from the court uh, being excited about something I did that day. So uh, yeah, to answer your question, yes, I think for me it is. And who knows? I mean, I honestly don't know where my, like, I never planned to be on Survivor. I didn't plan any of that stuff, Irina. It just happened as I followed my life's path. So right now, I'm super excited about pickleball. I'm excited to share the sport with people I know. And I've been using my platform, hopefully, for that purpose. I think uh, I've uh, influenced a lot of people that follow me to at least try the sport or look into it. And so, yeah, we'll see. Who knows five years down the road what I'll be doing, but uh, I'll still be playing pickleball. But uh, to what extent, we don't know. Were you ever a runner? I was, but never professional. I ran <laughs> ultra marathon stuff with my buddies after. Okay, I quit so cycling. you definitely did like Ironman and stuff too. Then I right? did a half Ironman right after I quit cycling. I led the swim by like two minutes because I was yeah. a swimmer in college. Got out yeah. of the water, 
led the bike all the way to the end, except I got a flat tire, like right before the transition. So I had to run my bike in barefoot because I couldn't run in cycling shoes. One pro guy passed me and then running. I mean, that part of the triathlon is the hardest because it's at the end. So I waddled for a, you, you kind of sound marathon. like rich roll. Do you know who rich roll is? <laughs> I mean, I'd like to think that I'm me. I know who rich roll is. He's the guy without toenails, right? That part I don't know. I think Arena, so. do you happen to know if Rich Roll has toenails or not? Just off the top of your head. No. Okay. Got it. Yes. Yeah, so I think he I runs so much that he doesn't have toenails or something <sighs> like that. Mm. Maybe he I just saw a video of him posting. Because runners, I mean, you run so much that you do lose toenails because your feet are jamming into the front of your shoes all the time and stuff. Got it. Fun fact, I met him on a, a gondola. That's so you- fun. In Utah, no, but yeah. here's, here's the funner. That's here's the so funner fun. fact. No, it, gets, it gets it gets more fun. We were Snowbird born, or Deer Valley. We were born on the on the same street, which is just a very weird kind of coincidence. So. That is, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. In the mm-hmm. same town, like that same, same street, or you were just like, we're on, I'm on Euclid Ave, and you're like, yeah, there's a Euclid Ave in every single city <laughs> in the country, in the, in the same state, and in the same city. Okay, that's mm-hmm. that's more of a coincidence than just being born on Euclid Ave. Yeah, yeah, right. So, uh, well, cool. That was enough about us. Irina just sat there in silence as we told our stories. Your story, I would say, Thomas, out of the two of ours, was worse. Yeah, I'm. Listen, I'm not as interesting as you two. I don't <laughs> pretend to be. I'm here to I'm here to just support you guys and, and put you on a pedestal. And I think I'm doing a good job of it. You are. I'm just kidding. Uh, Irina, I do look forward to Major League Pickleball. I'm excited to see what they have and how they format it all. And the draft should be exciting. And uh, I hope you get drafted because I feel like uh, we know you well enough now that you could get us some like backstage passes. Back. Yes, yes, yes. It will be a huge party at Dreamland. There will be live music entertainment i mean belly dancers i would say yes mechanical bull quite possible okay <laughs> are belly dancers a draw are they as big of a draw as they used to be in the uh uh i don't even know when belly dancing became a thing probably hundreds of years ago right well i think if they're belly dancers who can also blow fire they're basically untouchable no. yeah that's true that is everybody a lot. wants to see that yeah everybody. okay cool uh, well, sign us up for the uh, festivities. If you get uh, two family and friends tickets, I'm assuming they're going to myself and Thomas first and foremost. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we're in the Sick Tricks family now, so. Yes. We are. Don't just say yes. It, give us a little more. Well, sick Tricks <laughs> or Slick Tricks, you know, plus everybody has to audition and apply. So. Oh, we have to audition and apply? I didn't know that. Oh, well, man. I mean, what do you think? You had to audition for some. I mean, most. You yeah, might just but... send us your Sick Tricks edition video. And okay. I'll come up with something. <laughs> so, we that audition that. video, uh, Irina, because we kind of skirted that. I, my parents were huge Survivor fans. They're like, you should try out for this. And I was like, you should. And they were like, <laughs> we have lives and responsibilities, and you have nothing. You can, I can't leave for two months. You can't. So I was like, okay, I get what you're saying, mom and dad, I'll leave. And so, uh, I send in this audition video, but I don't read any of the rules about making audition videos. And the rules are do not have anyone else in the video, but yourself. Blew that completely. There's 500 people in that video. Yeah. (laughs) Has to be under three minutes long. Blew that. that. Yep. And you can't have uh, music in it. No background music, no nothing. I put the music in there. And uh, I sent it to them. And they were like, this is like a minute too long. And I was like, I don't care. And they were like, okay, we'll use it. And then they were like, make another video just in case uh, where you're actually following all the rules. So I just like slapped one together real quick. And then supposedly in their casting session with Mark Burnett, I don't know if you know that name. He's very big in the TV industry. He uh, supposedly they watched both videos like put together as one video. So like I got like a seven and a half minute uh, video audition versus everyone else's three minutes. Hmm. And then uh, Mark Burnett's son loved the 7-Eleven video. 
and he was like seven years old. And Mark's like, oh, we're perfect. We want younger kids to watch this show. Let's, if my seven-year-old son loves this guy, let's get him on there. So uh, I'm a little bit different than I was back then. That was like, that's like 12 or 13 years ago, Irina. And I actually tried to erase that video from history because I didn't need it. I mean, I already got on the show. I don't need to audition more. Uh, So that's funny that you found it somewhere. Where did you find it? Just on YouTube? Just somebody posted it on YouTube? Yeah, it was like the second or third thing that came up. Okay. Well, I'm proud of the video. I just, yeah. Uh, Interesting. Is it just like a random user? If it's a random user, I can plug the video so everybody can see it. I've never seen it. I'm dying to see it now. I don't. Yeah, care I think I think it was somebody random. Yeah, who posted it? I don't think. Right. Yeah, we won't get hit with any copyright stuff. Some Reddit yeah. user or something found it somewhere and put it up. Uh, yeah, that's funny. I didn't know that that was still out there. That's funny that you found that. So yeah, long story short, uh, they loved me and uh, got on the show. And uh, so as long as auditioning is easy and they immediately accept me, I'm pretty open to auditioning. Yeah. Talk all right. about how are you going to compete with all the other podcasts in Pickleball? And We're the only one, aren't we? Yeah. Is there another? That's true. I'm That's not aware true. of any others. Yeah. Well, then, yeah, I'm questioning. Makes sense. And also, Irina. Yeah, bro. Let's look. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> I just want to read. We've got tens of thousands of downloads on the first episode, A. And we got a review that says, this is the headline. This is the, it's on iTunes. It says, my favorite pickleball adjacent podcast. Meaning we talk about more things than pickleball. It's not just pickleball here. But what's more interesting is it's written by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And I'm not (laughs) lying. I don't know if it's real because I know Dwayne The Rock Johnson just goes by Dwayne Johnson now. So that's kind of like, but if you look at it, it does say Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And then the review is five stars. It says, love the sound of these voices. Exclamation point. Speaking of listeners, please go leave us a review. And those are are all on Apple Podcasts, right? That's the the review. So anyways, Sick Tricks Irina. I don't know how many other podcasts out there even have a review from Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, and uh, we'll just assume that he's real because, like, why we can't, would they we, can't yeah. we can't fact check it, so may as well. Uh, but, yeah. So, in answer to your question, uh, our tagline is also the voice of pickleball. So, I feel like uh, you'd come here first. And that's singular because our voices work in, in such harmony. We're like the Trinity where we're one, but we're three, but we're one. Exactly. Yeah. And one that's voice, three people. Works, yes, yes. Yes. I, I mean, I don't know if, if that's absolutely <laughs> correct, Irina. You you might want to get more into the dogma of everything, but that's for a different podcast at a different time. For this podcast, Irina, last thing we want to talk about. I saw a video of a strange man in neon yelling at you at that tournament in Venice Beach. Was that was that pop tennis? And why was this guy so mad at you? Because I, I I heard that it's because you guys either won it or came really close to winning this thing. And um, you, you very much ruffled his feathers. But what's like, what's the story there? Why was this guy screaming at you? Wait, we need a little more backstory. So you're on the beach playing what sport? Uh, pop tennis. Okay. And Venice yeah. Beach, California, iconic. This thing. It's, it's paddle, but without the plastic around the outside, right? It's just correct. Like, okay. Platform tennis, is that different? Platform, yeah. East Coast and also has the walls. Okay. So you were playing that, and were you just out there for like a rec game or like a tournament, or what was it? So it was an invitation to be a part of a documentary production slash 50K 16-team winner-takes-all, like amateur kind of handicap tournament. And uh, I got that invite from Ben Johns. Mm Mm-hmm. I blew him off first couple of times, but he was persistent and kept texting me. So then I checked in with Jessie Irvin because she used to play that sport. And she gave me a few explanations. She also uh, told me about the characters there and said it will be very interesting, probably very challenging. They're probably going to come up with different things on the spot. And uh, then she said, people are just going to try to hit the ball at you as hard as they can. 
After that, I tried it for five minutes. I was horrible. And all those things led me to the fact that I should definitely play. Okay, cool. <laughs> so yeah, our handicap was that we never played before. There were uh, 15 other teams and um, some of them consisted of like an amateur player and the pro you know, they don't really have a professional circuit, but like a, a high level elite pop tennis. And uh, yeah, Ben and I went and played it. And uh, as we went through each round, they kind of realized that they were, we were pretty good and they kept giving us different handicaps. They gave us like a different paddle to play with, then another paddle, then they tried to convince us to play left-handed. That was a little bit much. But uh, this gentleman, you know, in the high better outfit, um, I watched him play with his wife throughout the whole tournament. And uh, A, he had really bright outfits, which he changed after every match. This is his third or fourth outfit of the day but he was very animated he wasn't the nicest person to everybody else and he would like win a point get into everyone's face start cheering so being like a total douche so basically by the time i played him ben and i played him i decided to mess around with him a little bit and see what happens and if i he like this guy by the way this I'm, I'm a big fan of this guy yes i was a big fan too and just so you know uh matt Wright, you know in pickleball has quite a reputation for trash talk and basically everything he knows he he learned from me and uh you know i was experimenting with this guy uh before the match i asked the referee who calls the foot faults i that already upset the guy and then on the third point the guy hits like a perfect clean winner and i just tell ben lucky shot so by the time we changed ends this guy was screaming at us <laughs> you know he didn't know he was gonna play professionals this is like I'm playing with my wife. You guys are professionals. And um, because it was a documentary and we were encouraged to kind of stir things up and That's say whatever, you know, I made a few comments that kind of fueled the guy even more. And then as he kept talking, I suggested that, you know, it's time to change his outfit because he's wasting his time. So Ben and I win the match. Uh, then first the wife comes and talks to me about provoking him. I'm like, well, too bad i didn't really do anything and then i see the guy come and talk to me too so i kind of get on a, like a higher alert level because those situations could go out of control and i sit next to the biggest guy i know which was darren from my uh, cnd pickleball nets and then a couple of people start filming it but basically this guy uh he walked all the way to us to explain to me why he was changing his outfits you know after the match because he's a sponsored player uh-huh like, that's why he was like, my sponsor is the less, you know, who is your sponsor? And then one thing led to another. And we just kept talking trash to him. And then he went off to proceed that he was going to play pickleball and uh, he was going to challenge us in the sport and produce all that incredible content. So basically for a day, Ben Johns and I were the villains who came to Venice Beach and were trying to take 50K from all the all the legends in the in Venice Beach, and that was kind of part of the documentary. I think there's just one piece we're trying to uh, put the whole thing maybe to Netflix or Sundance. Who knows? I, uh, okay. I was like an awesome production crew. Uh, they did mic up Ben Johns, which is a big mistake, you know. <laughs> did he say anything? He didn't say anything. <laughs> it was, it was just Hopefully, me. they can pick you up from the mic. I, that's fingers crossed. Yeah. So now, if you guys have, ever have a choice. Uh-huh. Don't Mike Ben Johns. It's, it's probably not Ben Johns that you want to mic. <laughs> he just seems so quiet and reserved. Yes. Yes. Well, that guy later, um, once I posted the story, the guy also contacted me on Instagram and followed up. So I enjoyed that conversation as well. I was he still upset? Oh, he was still upset. He also okay. said I should learn from Ben Johns and uh, learn how to be nice. Okay. And so... I definitely took this advice to heart. And uh, Ben, I want to be like you. You might. <laughs> Will you post the screenshots of his uh, DMs? Uh, I probably can. I probably <laughs> and may as well tag him in it. I'm. Yeah. I'm telling you, if I get hate, like hate mail, which if you are on TV ever, you're bound to get some hate mail. Yeah. The best play is to screenshot it, post it on your social media, tag that person in it, because then your fan base is the one that then takes picks up the fight for you. 
Yes, I'm. Uh, I'm just waiting. I think. Uh, waiting your time. In conjunction in conjunction with the release of the documentary. Perfect. Ooh. <laughs> I think that could be. That, that would be. be That's but, perfect, um, Irina. The yeah. long con. I love it. Really smart. But the whole, but yeah, the whole event was super, super fun. Um, I think, uh, yeah, very glad that I said yes. Very glad we got invited, and uh, everybody who hosted us that were basically part of that that event. They were super cool, and we played against many different worthy opponents. So, um, yeah, you should. You guys should have seen Ben's face. He was so happy. It was, it was pretty. Uh, did you? Can you say? Did you win? Did you take all the money? No, we did not. We made it all the way to the finals, and we played against Brian and Ike. And Brian is like super legit player. Okay. Uh, and Ike is actually a celebrity, uh, a local celebrity from Muscle Beach. He's basically Incredible Hulk. So okay. Think about Adam Lika without racket skills. So all we had to do was hit the ball to Ike, to Ike. but we couldn't. So we either hit it out or whatever, or in the court, then Brian took over and uh, cleaned everything up. And so, yeah, we're up 3-1, down 8-3, lost 11-8. It was one game to 11, rally scoring. And then basically the entire crowd just rushed the court and uh, we just united Venice Beach after all. Everybody except for the neon monster. Yeah, no, he was pretty happy. He he kept telling me, he's like, yeah, have fun getting your 50K. And I'm like, yeah, you too, buddy. <laughs> we both came out a little short. Oh, dang. I would have said, even if I win this neon man, I'm still losing money by being here. Well, in fact, if we would have won, it would have been quite a lot of money. I think Ben kept saying it's like, three or four triple crowns so yeah man it was actually been, it was actually worth the effort that really would have been the ice it was a bummer. yeah are you going to go back and do it again or are they going to have something like that again um i think it was kind of a one-time thing um because it was part of a documentary kings of venice i think okay. will be the, the name of it yep uh, but uh, I'm definitely open. I've been talking to Lucy Kovalova. She's expressed uh, her interest to play in a beach tennis tournament with me. And uh, I expressed the fact that I would love to do that as well. And I have a couple of friends who play professionally. And that's uh, one of the sports that's growing. And, of course, we have Padel, uh, which I did play at Orlando for a little bit. I met some cool coaches there. I also told them uh, I'll bring Ben on in January when we mm-hmm. go for the January PPA on the USA campus because Ben uh, loves playing different sports. So, um, but that's not as easy maybe as playing beach tennis or pop tennis. The learning curve in uh, in Padel is uh, is quite high. You know, that bounce off the walls. Yeah, and stuff. And get to the wall bounces really well when I play. Yeah, it's like playing soccer and indoor soccer in a sense. Indoor soccer where you're playing off the walls, I could not even fathom utilizing the walls. I was just like, how did that guy get around me? He's like, oh, I just bounced it off the wall behind your back and then came around the other side. It's like, no, I saw what you did, but like in my mind, I can't even get my mind to like think to do that. So, well, we look forward to all of your exploits in all of the paddle sports, uh, sick tricks, and uh, hopefully you are sick tricks, Irina, in every single paddle sport that you ever pick up. That's my hope for you. That's my that's my goal too. Hopefully, in every sport I try to pick up, I can do something something impactful. Yeah, I think you will. That's I mean, I have a great feeling about it. Let's go. Yeah. All right. That's that's all we got. We still have to work on our our sign off and what. No, that we don't. Like though. Oh, I mean, you can just be like, I'll do the sign off today. All right. All right, everyone, thanks for tuning in. Thank you for all your love and support. Like we said earlier, download. The best thing you can do is leave us a uh, rating and a review on uh, iTunes. Uh, we want to thank uh, Sick Tricks Irina. Thank you again, Irina. You can follow her on Sick Tricks underscore Irina across social media. Uh, we're here with Thomas Shields from The Dink. Uh, you can follow him on The Dink. The Dink, pickleball.com. <laughs> TheDinkPickleball.com for everything, yeah. right? And no, uh, so the biggest, no, the the best way to do it, go to Linktree slash uh-huh. DinkFam, mm-hmm. find everything we have. 
most importantly, go to the dinkspickleball.com slash sign up, uh -huh. enter your email, you'll subscribe to the newsletter, which will basically give you a tip on pretty much everything we're going to talk about in every episode of, uh, of this podcast, because we talk about anything and everything relevant in pickleball every Wednesday morning for free in your inbox via email. Uh, that's right. And you can follow me, Tyson Apostle, across all social medias. I got some new projects coming up. If you want to follow along my pickleball exploits, Instagram is probably the best place to do that, but Facebook is fine as well. And trying to get in the TikTok game like the dink is and, uh, the dink pickleball. And, uh, that's it. And this has been the pickle pod. Deal with it. Deal with it. Do you like deal with it? Or yeah. we could do, uh, oh, I'd like that actually relish it. See both our pickle adjacent terminologies. Mm -hmm. deal, like with deal with it. Better. Okay, I yeah. stole that from a Fila shirt, but they'll be happy mm. that we used it. Find my equal is a good good line from Chet Subaru that you guys might have to might use. Find my equal. Find my equal. See Find ya. My equal. No, deal with it. We're going with deal with it. Deal with it. Yep. See ya. Bye, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Irina.